Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. Hi, this is our 19th UFC talk, and we're talking specifically about UFC 276. How did you think about the whole thing? Yeah, UFC 276, I thought was the best card on paper. Okay. But it didn't really necessarily play out to be the best card. It was a good card. I agree with you 100%. And this is actually what I thought was going to happen the whole time too. Because th- this is just life anyway. The Buddha says, I think the key to happiness is like having no expectations. Mm. Now, I, I phrased it differently than the Buddha. But, yeah. you know, like life is suffering when you have these high expectations. And whenever like the card seems like it's going to be amazing and it's, you know, this is the best card of the year, there's always like a couple letdowns from the mm-hmm. MMA gods. And so it was a little frustrating, but uh, whatever. I only buy one card a year. So this is the card I bought. Cause I was like, okay. all right, I want to pay for this one. But then it wasn't that good. It was like, all right. And I saw a lot of comments where they were like, this is why I steal pay-per-views. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it makes sense. But it was all also right. a little sad cause I love Max Holloway and he lost. So mm. I think that's also part of the damper where I'm like, ah, but yeah. shout out to Volk. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was also in Vegas the day before UFC. So I got to go to the UFC Expo. I got to go to the Hall of Fame ceremony. And it was all cool. But, so what was that like? What, what did you think of the International Fight Week? Is that something that people should make if a you're, point to go out to in July? Was it free to get in? Like, what is it? like? Uh, okay, so weigh-ins are free. Um, the press conferences are free. The Hall of Fame ceremony is not free. It was 25 bucks. Oh, but that's great, though. It's not- yeah, and it was all at the T-Mobile Arena, which is the same spot they did the card. And this year, the Hall of Fame inducted Khabib and DC Daniel Cormier. Correct. They also had the fight between Duho Choi and Cub Swanson inducted. So they both had speeches as well. And, and then Max Holloway won like... Oh, the Forrest Griffin Award, right? Correct. Like the, the community yes. member of the year. They gave it to him and Giga Chikadze. And both of them had great speeches in different ways and stuff too. Yeah, what were you saying? You're saying Max during COVID fed something like 200,000 Hawaiians? Yes, yeah. And Forrest Griffin misread that on his teleprompter. He just said 200. And I was like, <laughs> bro, you're off by a gross amount. Give Max that credit. It was supposed to be 200,000. 200,000 seems crazy to be yeah, able to there's a lot of money. Yeah, Max did a lot of work incredible an amazing yeah, and guy the videos of him like out there out in schools i'm like man this dude really cares about hawaii good for him, why what, hawaii did giga, loves him. what did giga do giga started a cancer foundation after he lost his mom to cancer mm. i think it was like 2007 or something mm. and uh, yeah he's raised a bunch of money for that and uh, has helped a lot of families i don't know what the number is but he's helped a lot of families I always think like we always have these like discussions on like the war on terror, you know, and it's something like hundreds of Americans may die on the war on terror, like dozens in America and like hundreds outside of America. Mm-hmm. And we'll spend a hundred billion dollars, more trillions of dollars almost fighting it. And then meanwhile, one out of three of us are going to die from cancer. And it's like, or get can we'll get cancer. So it's like, yo, we need yeah. to have a war on cancer. You know, like that is like the thing that's like yeah. the biggest fear rather than some terrorist guy, you know, with like an AK. Like, no. True. Some might argue there is a war on cancer. I mean, I don't know. Just doesn't get the publicity. I feel like we could do better. Like, you know, like we had this mission where like we're gonna go to the moon. You know, you see like John F. Kennedy talk about it. I'd love to see. Yeah, like, maybe. No. Dude, Eight years, we're going to do this. Google ivermectin and cancer, and you'll find the craziest shit. We might be on the brink. Really? But yeah, that's another story. Yeah, especially if you look at like, you know, published study sites and how it's affecting it. Yeah, it, we might have the cure. Interesting. Yeah, shout out to modern medicine then. Hopefully, yeah, we could. Pre- I mean, we did some amazing things with AIDS, right? Like yeah. AIDS used to yeah. be like the most terrifying thing. And now it's nothing. People could take a pill and yep. nobody will get it. Like, that's crazy. It's magic. It is nuts. It is nuts. Magic Johnson is still alive. I remember I was in kindergarten. <laughs> I'm 37 years old right now. So if you don't know, but 
I was in kindergarten. So 30 years ago, I was like, Magic Johnson has AIDS. And I was like, wow, what's AIDS? You know, <laughs> like, and it's like, yep. no, it means you're going to die. Yep. And he looks better now. He's like jacked still. Like, yep. Crazy. It is wild. Yeah. Crazy. But I do wish I went to the fights, but I was in town for my wife's weightlifting and stuff. She had a competition. There was also jujitsu nationals there, boxing nationals. Like, it was just so much going on at that convention center, at the T-Mobile arena. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. What did you think of like Khabib's speech, DC's speech? Like, Oh, they... I loved it. I loved them. They're both in different ways. DC's speech was like pointing out all the times he got lucky in his career and talked about the importance of just working on skill and learning from failures so that when luck does bounce your way, you can show up at the right time. And I'm like, it's just such a nice thing. And he mm. kind of went back through his history of like, these are all the ways in which I was so lucky. And mm. one of them was pointing out the towel incident when he leaned on the towel to make weight. Mm -hmm. Everyone pot, like, you know, theorized on the internet, like, dude, his hands are on the towel. He's taking his weight off. And in his speech, he admitted it to it. He's like, I think it's time I came clean about the towel. And how much, how much weight can you take off by putting your hands on the towel? Like two pounds? So he said... He was 1.2 pounds over. He knew it. His coach knew it. His coach was like, look, remember wrestling? And like, apparently they had done this. He had done this before in wrestling. Maybe it's a common wrestling thing to do. But he says the commission, it's one person's job to look at the scale, to see the number, and another person's job to watch the athlete to make sure they're not like jumping up or doing anything that would alter the weight, right? To know that they're still. He's like, at the moment, I saw both of their eyes go to the number on the scale. I put my hands on that towel and they looked at the number. They read that number. I took my hands off. We were good. <laughs> He's like, by the good grace of God, both of their eyes weren't on me. <laughs> I mean, it's one pound. Like, I feel like I get it. It's like rules are rules. Rule. But yeah, I don't think it would have impacted the outcome of the fight. Like, and I, I feel bad for Charles Oliveira because he got fucked over for 0.5 pounds and got stripped of the title. Sure. But if, I mean, if DC got stripped of the title, though, right? I know, but that's why there just needs to be better rules. They should be doing weigh-ins as soon as you walk into the octagon, octagon yeah. for the fight. Yeah. That's when the weigh-in should be. Like, mm -hmm. right as you're fighting and then you should have like a three-pound window. And mm -hmm. so people aren't going to risk dehydrating before a fight. Agreed. A minute yeah. before a fight, just be like, all right, you should be here. There was other things too where like, I think DC was really funny because DC and Khabib made it to the Hall of Fame. But DC's like, yo, I'm the first one from AKA. Yeah. He's like doing that to Khabib and Khabib's like, no, we same time. He's like, no, but I was on stage first. So technically I was in the Hall of Fame before. <laughs> so funny. But Khabib's speech was great too. He was the only one that didn't prepare anything and just kind of winged it. But it was very genuine. And so he wasn't reading from a teleprompter. And half the time he would go to the crowd and be like, he had like these things that they, like a, a paper on the podium that basically said like talking points that like he should do, like UFC wrote it for him or something, go over these fights or go over whatever. So you just read from that. He's like, ah, oh. and then you go to the crowd. He's like, you guys want to hear about this? Or like, <laughs> he's like, amazing. no, not that one. I, I'm not going through that. And, and like, he just kind of was back and forth on the list, how he wanted to do it. Dude, that story, what was the story about relax? Oh, yeah. So when he first came to America, his coach, Javier, what's his name? Javier. Mendez. Mendez. Javier Mendez. I was going to say Javier Vasquez and someone else. Yeah. Javier Mendez kept yelling lax because he was just going so intense in the cage, like sparring with, you know, in his training. Like, relax, relax. And Khabib didn't know English well. So when he heard relax, he thought it meant get, go harder. <laughs> so in training, he's like, man, I'm going hard. This guy wants me to go harder. And he just kept going harder and harder. <laughs> it was one of his hard learning lessons of English. <laughs> I think that's what makes you great, though. Like, you know, you need a little bit of that extra intensity. I've been doing, I've been, for some reason, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos on Manu Ginobili, mm -hmm. you know, the basketball player. Yeah. And I just love the way Ginobili plays with like such intensity and heart. And yeah, he won the gold medal in basketball with Argentina. In right. 2004 and it's the only time u.s hasn't gotten gold medal and it's like imagine beating an all-star team and like mm -hmm. he was the only guy on fucking argentina i think that was in the nba maybe a couple role players but like he was the best you know and he willed them to a victory and they were telling a story about manu ginobili 
it was like September. And I think it was his like second year in the league. And so it was like preseason practice. And they're like playing basketball, like, you know, like Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. And it's just like a training session. Mm-hmm. And then like Manu like dives between three of them for like a loose ball and then like saves it from going out of bounds. And then uh, Greg Popovich, their legendary coach, like blew the whistle and goes, all right, what do we see here? And everyone's like looking around, like thinking what he's going to say. He's like, Manu wants to win more than all of you. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, he like took like a, like a 10 second break. And then he goes, by the way, Manu, don't fucking do that again. It's fucking September. Like, you know, <laughs> like we, we got a whole fucking season to play and this is fucking practice. Like, right. so I loved that. He just like, well, it's pr- funny because like even a- Khabib had said when he was going so hard, he's like, I'm going to kill these guys. He wants me to kill these guys. <laughs> He's like, this coach is crazy. I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> These coaches, I think they love it and hate it. And like Popovich said the same thing. He was like, my hair is gray because of Ginobili. And they would say like how Ginobili would, he'd be like, Ginobili, you have to, you can't just recklessly pass. And there was like a game where he was about to recklessly pass. And then he held the ball and then he looked at Popovich and smiled. And then like the whole bench went crazy because they were like, oh, shit, he's fucking... <laughs> But then eventually Popovich was like, I realized he's better without even some of my coaching. So I just let him be free. You know, and I I wonder like how much of that is Khabib too. Like you need that balance between coach and player. And it's like, you need somebody to rein you in, but you also need somebody like you need to let them flourish. Khabib's speech was awesome in that. Like, he's like, everyone wants to attribute their success to their hard work or to this or that. And he's like, It's like, I don't know if it's any of that. I know plenty of people that work hard and don't get to where they need to get. He's like, I've seen it so many times. He's like, he's like, that's one of the reasons why I believe in God. He's like, Allah, you know, like, he's like, there's something else there. There's some intangible that we're not thinking about. He's like, that's why I give everything to God. That's like that, that X factor to him. And then he was also saying, he's like, he's like, my father gave me uh, like a world of wisdom. So he's like, if I can give any wisdom, I'll give my father's wisdom that I have learned. He's like, uh, sons will copy their fathers. And he's like, instead of telling them how to live, show them how you live. Mm. Right. That That's one. And then he's like, two, always make your kids hungry. He's like, and he, he touched it on like every realm. He's like, he, he says like, don't give them everything. He's like, you see DC, he gives his son gold chain, gold chain necklace. He's like, don't do that. He's like, <laughs> he's like DC. DC wants his, his son to be a fighter. He's gold necklace. You're not be a fighter. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. still shitting on DC and you're like, Ooh, it's kind of a dig. You know, his son's right there too. You're like, this is not the way. Don't do that. I agree. I, I don't know. Like, if they is, must I don't be ha- hungry. I don't have kids. He's like, give them just enough. Just enough in everything. I don't, yeah. I don't get how people buy their kids like 40 toys. I feel yeah. like when I have a kid, I'm going to give them like three toys. Yeah. You know? And then, like, they're like, he doesn't like them. I'll be like, all right, maybe like in a week I'll get you something. I'm not going to run out, you know, and be mm-hmm. like, I got to get, like, use your imagination. Be fucking bored. I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck. Like, you have to be clever. You can't give everybody everything. Yeah. You can see how much Khabib loves his father or the impact his father had because he really just wants to live the life that his father mm. had. Like, his goal now is just about like coaching like his father did and becoming just as good of a coach as his father did and just, everything it, it it was really cool to hear like i liked khabib but after hearing his speech i'm like oh no like i like khabib all around like he's awesome i think i think everybody if you get a chance you should look up his father abdul manap and yes. there's some like really great articles out there on the internet about him like dagestan is right next to chechnya like this area had like a ton of civil wars and wars with russia and it's like a hotbed for like Muslim extremism and terrorism. So like a lot of young kids either go to terrorism or they go to drugs or they just like, he said he was the first Russian MMA, like guy on an international stage. He was the first. And some people said he even wanted to be at the first UFC and he could have kicked ass. Oh, his father. At the first I'm talking year. about Khabib, but yes. That. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about his father. Yeah. His, his father could have been one of the first people at the UFC and won. And his father's trained like 40 professional fighters at least now and like has huge gyms 
and change the culture of like the region even a little bit like of martial arts and like what's possible uh-huh he should be in the hall of fame too i think like as like a pioneer wing maybe agreed right like abdul manab it's not just because he's khabib's father but like he was no Islam, his impact Makachev's father yeah he he's he's the birth of russian mma exactly so what hoist gracie and the Gracies have done for Brazil and Brazilian yes. fighters is what he's done for. What can we say? Central Asian slash like Russian fighter. Like a lot of yeah. them. Like he, speaking of hoist, I saw him this moment. weekend too. Yeah. How's he looking? Good, man. He's, he still looks bigger than I would have thought. It's all that acai and steroids. She had all the yeah. jujitsu guys <laughs> were on all the acai this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny there was weightlifting right next door all the jiu-jitsu guys are way more yoked and you're like yo how they don't lift those weights <laughs> you know like this is so ridiculous looking like they're way more yoked than all these guys lifting all the weights but the guys lifting all the weights are tested out of their ass mm. jiu-jitsu guys is none like you could see it it's so apparent yeah it's too much insane oh, but yeah khabib was even telling a story about like how it was such a big deal for Khabib to get into the UFC for Russia that like there was some mishap with him getting from Dagestan to Moscow and then Moscow to the States or whatever, that the airline, which he wouldn't name, there was no room or anything. He had to get like in really quick. They put, they put a chair in the cockpit and he sat next to the pilots to fly to get to Moscow to do it. He's like, you don't know how many strings he's like, he's like, I had higher ups in Russia. That had to pull some strings. It's like I won't name the airline, but he like said like that was the story that got him his first MMA fight. That's a great in America story. Yeah, he's like that's how much Russia was invested in me because I was the first. I was the produce. Like the result of like Russia is in this, and then Russia is the, like you know like wow, crazy. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was Fedor. There was, but this is again in the states, like going and to the Igor states to do it. And, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fascinating. I love that story. I could just see Khabib and then coming here, not knowing English, fighting extra hard because he yeah. doesn't know the meaning of the word yeah. relax and just like always. Yeah. yeah, there was other Russian fighters too. Sergei Karatonov was Russian. Like there, there's been yeah. other Russian fighters, but mostly they've been in Pride or whatever, other worldly organizations. But to get into the UFC was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's cool that you saw that. I love it was awesome. That was like the best money I spent. That was way better than the expo. The fan expo is more like fanboyish stuff. Yeah. And if if any sports fans are out there, if you're bored, go on YouTube and like look up some of your heroes and just write Hall of Fame speeches. I love listening to like people's Hall of Fame speeches and like the culmination of their talent. Like it's like, yeah, that should all be great to hear. Yeah. That should be televised and also like replayed more. Yeah. Because you really see what they came through. And when yes. they were like, like their real personality, because sometimes you just see them for their athletic pursuits. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear them talk and like it humanizes them, it's like, oh, fuck. Or you just see what UFC wants you to see. Like yeah. the little clips of this or that to make you believe that they're this person or that person. And then you hear the, like a speech and you're like, oh, now I know who they are, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be respected by your peers, you should also look that up too. Like people, they'll be like, oh, what do other people think of this guy? Like, so there's like some mm. great videos of what do fighters think of Khabib? I yes. was like listening to one on basketball recently where it's like, what do basketball players think of John Stockton? Uh-huh. And like Chris Weber was like saying how he was like, he's like, when we played Stockton, he's like, yeah, I'm going to run a screen on Stockton and I'm going to fucking smash him. It was like the uh-huh. first game of the playoffs. And he's like, I hit the best screen I ever did. I fucking dropped him to the ground. And Stockton got up and he goes, nice screen, and walked away. And he goes, that was so demoralizing to me. There's no <laughs> intimidation factor. And he's like, from that game forward, I would tell all my, I would tell all like the rookies, like, watch this gangster come up. And it would be John Stockton that would pull up in a minivan. And his like four or five kids would pop out and then he would pop out. And he's like, yeah, he's going to get a triple double on you. You can't stop it. And it was just like. I don't know. Like, it's cool to see the stats, you know, he's number one in assists and number one in steals. But then you hear like Chris Weber, who's like 6'10", 260, just be like this motherfucker. Like, yeah, is the baddest motherfucker alive. It's just like it hits harder than winning in an MVP. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the shit you want to hear. Agree. That is. Yeah, I do like that type of stuff. Yeah. So I got to try to find those videos. for uh, You want to talk about the card specifically? Uh, did you see any of the prelims or anything? I missed the prelims. 
Okay. I saw the guy Jalen Turner fight Brad Riddell. Okay. Yeah, that was and a big one. Guillotine. Dominate him. Yeah. The guillotine. He's so tall, six three at one fifty five. Like. Yeah. I feel like he's definitely an up and coming prospect. That'll be interesting to see who he gets next. Yeah. The other. Yeah. It, it is interesting to see where that turns around. I wonder what Brad Riddell is doing now because he's on like a little skid. He had so much promise and now he's got three losses. He was undefeated. It's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Jim Miller beating Donald Cerrone. That yeah, was a great, big one. Another guillotine, actually. Correct. Armin Guillotine. Yeah, it was awesome. So Donald Cerrone um, retired also, which was time. Good for him. He's a legend of the game. And so is Jim Miller. Jim Miller. Jim Miller now has the most wins in UFC history. Really? Yep. Would you put Jim Miller in the Hall of Fame? I think you have to now. Yeah, most wins ever. It's just the UFC does Dude, he's, it so slow because there's so many other people. He's won more in UFC than any other. Like, how do you not put the most winningest person in history? Because most Cause sports. Because it's early they, in its history. Most sports place an emphasis on championships. And people that are champions fight less. So, like, it's easier as a non-champion to get more fights in the UFC. I agree with you. I think he should be in the Uf- I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying, like, I would also weigh in that he also had a lot of wars, performance bonuses. Like, yes, he did. There are other things to factor in. He just was never a champion. But I agree. Correct. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. It's just the UFC does the votes so slowly. I think it's like four, or eight a year at most. Yeah. And so there's so many people that are way more deserving. By the time it gets to Jim Miller's place in line, I feel like he might get passed up by new people that came through. What do you think Cerrone gets in? I think Cerrone's like Jim Miller. I think like both of those people yeah. are I think both are great shoes. journeymen, but that are Hall of Famers. Because if you can take a long journey in the UFC, you are amazing. Yeah. Well, Cerrone was close. He had a championship shot. Who did he fight against for the championship? I think it was GSP. Really? I think so. I don't think so. Let's see. I thought Cerrone did better at lightweight. I think he did, but he had a big uh, career. He fought Dos Anjos for the lightweight title shot. In mm, okay. Interesting. Yeah, but he's a legend. Should rest. Sad that he lost his last six fights, but whatever. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Yep. How do you feel about the main event in the very beginning, the very first fight, Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley? It was stopped by an <sighs> eye poke in the second round. Some people feel as though Munoz was lying. It wasn't like the most egregious eye poke I've ever seen. Right. But he did play it off like it was. Yes. Like it, he made me believe that he was really hurt. But here's where I think it's interesting. You only took a minute. You're given five minutes. Why not yes. take the full five minutes and see? Exactly. He was quick to be like, no, nah, I can't see out of this eye. I've never That's seen, weird. I've and here's never the thing. Seen somebody I think he won like the first round. I think it was like a tie. It was okay. He it was just close. Got some leg, he got some leg kicks that were not even that damaging. I read from some people, they felt as though maybe he hurt his leg because Sean O'Malley was checking the leg kicks really That's good true. to avo- avoid like the Cheetos situation. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he hurt Pedro Munoz's legs and then Munoz was not feeling good. And as soon as he got eye poked, he was like, yo, let me get a win bonus. Maybe he didn't get the win bonus because it was a no contest, but maybe yeah. he was thinking like, yo, I could. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he thought that. That's a good point. I know that fighters were quick to call out Munoz on it. Okay, so fighters were calling out Munoz. Yeah, I saw Bryce Mitchell was like, yo, take the five minutes. This is an absolute fake. There's also a video that came out today where he was closing the other eye. Oh, no. And so they were like, yo, is he faking it? Because now he's like trying to play it up. And then he closed the wrong eye, acting like that eye is still hurt. Bro, that's crazy because Pedro Muniz is tough as fuck. What are you doing? Which is why some people are saying, no, it can't be true. He fought Aldo. He fought fucking Edgar and everybody. Like, why? Yep. Wars. But maybe he felt something about O'Malley. for money can make you do weird things. If somebody told you, like, hey, fake this injury, you you may get $75,000 more and you won't get embarrassed later. Yeah. So or even okay, hurt. let's say even if it is legit, even if he's like, "Fuck, my eye hurts so much. There's no way I'm gonna do this." Even if he didn't realize he had five minutes to take, that's still on him. That's still like you gotta blame him, you know? Yeah, you should know the full rule set. Maybe we are victim blaming be. here, though. I don't know. I just feel like I've seen a lot of eye pokes where. So just to describe the way the eye poke looked, Sean O'Malley put his palm up 
and his fingers were up. Yes, his so fingers it, were facing the sky. Yes. So it wasn't like he was he blocked it by pointing it at his face and it like going pushing his eye. eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was almost like he palmed him in the face and then part of his fingers touched the eye. And look, the eye is the weakest part of the body. Like, obviously, he could be hurt, but it didn't feel as drastic. And we've watched this sport for a long time where I've never seen a fighter quickly go, no, no, there's no way I can fight. Yep. Even with nut shots, like, they're like, no, no, the adrenaline's going. Like, they're ready. They're like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this. Yeah. I mean, that's why it was a no contest, too. Like, even the ref, Jason Herzog, was like, no, that was incidental. It's a no contest. Okay, that's why. All right. Mm-hmm. Where if they felt as though it was on purpose, they could give the win to Munoz? Potentially. Interesting. Remember, like, Bilal Muhammad was losing to Leon Edwards, and Leon Edwards poked Bilal Muhammad. But it was evident that no matter what, even if Bilal Muhammad fakes it, which I don't think he did, I think he definitely got eye poked, and, like, it was legit, but he was losing that fight. Where, like, Sean O'Malley and Pedro Munez is like, all right, Pedro wasn't losing. If he lost that round, it was by a small ass margin. That's why it's always uh, just one of those things where I'm like, "Ah, I don't think it's like a fear. Like what, what was that? That was weird. Do you you think he was lying? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, as a fan, it sucks. I know. O'Malley's fun to watch and he's fighting his biggest like test. Munoz. Yep. And Munoz is tough as nails. So I don't want to believe that he did that, but yeah, money and, yeah, I hope something good happens for Sean O'Malley. He was definitely upset about it. Yeah. I, think I happened to buy a Sean O'Malley shirt this weekend and an Adesanya oh. shirt. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's got some cool designs out there, man. O'Malley's designs are sick. But So, so yeah. yeah, the card started off shitty because of that. Yes. The first round was lackluster. Then the second round, right away, that happened. And it was like, fuck. Yes. But the next two fights, I thought were fire. Amazing. So the next one was Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barberina. Yes, which I think is the best fight. And Lawler by far, fought, I think it was Lawler, by far the best fight. Lawler fought a lot different than he normally fights. I think he fought a little bit like the Diaz brothers, where he wasn't going full power. He was right in Barberina's face and weaving and ducking and dodging, and then piecing him up for the first eight minutes of the fight. But he wasn't throwing full power shots. He was kind of. He was throwing more powerful than Barbarina. That's just because Barbarina was getting tired. Because I Dude, think Barbarina threw like 110 strikes or something, or more than that. I think he threw like 190 in like the first round, like something insane. Because Lawler wouldn't get out of his face, so they were yes. all like 20 percent energy well, though. He also did a lot of a lot of those. I think he was only hitting like a third of the punches he threw, but yeah. it was still way more punches he landed than Robbie's. I think the first eight minutes, Robbie was clearly winning though. The first eight minutes? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think Barbarena, I think Barbarena won every round, but it was weird though, because it'd be like, it was one of those fights where it's like the first half of the round goes to this guy, then the second half of the round goes to that guy, and you're like, ooh, okay. See, I, I disagree. I thought Robbie dominated the first round. Oh, no. I think I, I felt think like he was, was moving better, blocking more, and connecting he more. He was. And Barbarena was tired after the first round. He was. But I think his punch count, if I think if you look at the significant strike count, Barbarena won every round by far. If you look at that, maybe. But I think yeah. in terms of just like fight and damage, Lawler is winning. And then Barbarena finally hit him with something that stunned him. And then he went power. And you could see the youth. And Yeah, I mean, Barbarena got stunned, I think, a couple of times, too. It was a, I thought it was a great back and forth fight. I thought guys were going to get finished multiple times. I think it's to me that's the fight of the night. Yeah, I, I was, agree. It was the closest, most exciting fight. I was rooting for Lawler, but I felt good for Barbarina to beat a legend like that in Same. a closely contested fight. Like that makes your career. You'll have that forever. You could tell your grandkids about it. Mm-hmm. I'd mm-hmm. be one of the toughest motherfuckers ever. Yeah, it was awesome. Robbie Lawler is scary. Still, he is, and Robbie like, still like looks good of- too. Like. I can't tell you how many Robbie Lawler fights I've seen where it's like Robbie's on the fence and then he fucking comes to win it. Like he's just that dude is always in exciting fights. I want like I want Robbie just like Jim Miller. I'll always watch Robbie Lawler. Fight. Mm-hmm. Robbie Lawler is another Hall of Famer. Easy. Oh, him un- unquestionably is Hall of Fame just because Especially he got significant like 
if you're looking at the best fights of all time, you have a few Robbie Lawler fights in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald. If anybody's never seen yeah. that fight, watch that fight. That is maybe the greatest fight of all time. And when people talk about the MMA gods and praying to the just bleed gods, mm-hmm. like they always talk about like ruthless Robbie Lawler as being like the sacrifice. So like, yeah. you know, like the... And they both haven't been the same since. Yeah, they both murdered each other. Rory McDonald was at one point the best prospect in MMA and it destroyed him, I think. You know, Rory McDonald lost this weekend too. Really? He lost to who they call the Swedish Denzel. The Swedish Denzel? Yeah, R- Rory was like minus 400 or something and still lost. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah, I, I liked Rory a lot. But yeah, that fight definitely destroyed him. But yeah, that was my favorite fight of the night too. I, not my favorite. That was the best fight of the night though. My okay. favorite fight of the night was the next fight. All right, let's get into it then. Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira. Yeah, so we bet 10 bucks on this. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I didn't forget. Right. <laughs> I didn't forget. Yeah, you're right. Hey, I was rooting for Alex because I don't think anyone wants to root for Sean, but Sean came out dumb like how people wanted. And I think everyone that's watching, I don't know any Sean Strickland fans. So I think everyone that was watching was like, heck yes, this was the best outcome. I'm actually a fan of Sean Strickland though. Like I kind oh, of Oh no. I think he's like funny and he's like a good heal. Like he's oh, like no. Why you don't like him? You like the guy that him? wants to kill someone in the cage? No, I don't like this guy. The guy I that th- knocks out amateurs in sparring as he goes from gym to gym. The guy that gets kicked out of gyms every few months. He, he's getting kicked out of gyms. I knew he was bullying people in gyms, but I yeah, know he's getting kicked out. Absolute asshole by everyone's standards. Okay, I didn't realize he was that big of an asshole. And look, <laughs> I, I'm happy he got knocked out. I'm just saying, I don't hate hate him. You know what I mean? I just, I'm happy he gets beat up. But I also do find him funny. Agreed. He does have funny moments and he does play the heel role well. <laughs> but I don't ever want to say I like him. Okay. I just like that. Like he'll say like gay a lot and he'll say like a lot of like stupid shit. He'll be like, I'm white yes. trash, whatever. He, you can definitely people, tell he's trying to get people mad. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are like, that's homophobic. And he's like, yo, I'm not homophobic when I say gay. He's like, you think girls DM me? No, it's just gay dudes that DM me and they send me dick pics. <laughs> He's like, yo, they're my fans. Like, whatever. I don't care. And I just thought that was like kind of hilarious. He was like, yo, give me a pride flag and get me sponsorships. Like, I want to make money. But all that stupid shit and arrogant shit people thought was an act. Now they think is real because he fought the stupidest possible fight against Alex Pereira. And so it makes me wonder, like, you know, like the psychology of fighting. Did he just start believing his own bullshit that he yep. was? Yep. He, he for those of you that don't know, in a post-fight speech, he even said he's like, "I saw everything that he was throwing," and I'm like, "He's like, oh, I can hang with this." I'm like, "Oh, well, obviously you can't." Oh, like, that's oh, he what he said on the me. post-fight. Yeah, he's like, yeah. "Oh, he caught me." I saw him like in a speech, a speech in the back or whatever. It wasn't like mm-hmm. in the cage. And yeah, he had said something. Like, oh, he just caught me, you know. And I'm like, dude, no, it, what? Like, yeah, it was weird. You let yourself be caught. You're fighting one of the greatest kickboxers in the world. He was a two-time glory champion. He beat Israel Adesanya, this guy, Alex Pereira. And apparently, as Sean Strickland said before the fight, this guy only has two things, a left hook and a knee. So yeah, it was the left hook that dominated him and knocked him out instantly. Yeah. Why not go for the wrestling right away? Is it a pride I thought that's what he was going to do. I thought that's what he was going to do. I thought he was just going to kind of pressure in wait for the right timing wait for alex Pereira to throw a kick or a knee like literally just not even have to shoot for a takedown just wait till a kick or knee and go for the takedown off that and there were some kicks thrown and he didn't go for it he just kind of kept standing in front of him and walking him down and very upright after two minutes were by in the first round i was like oh no Pereira has got this there's like some yeah there's like a countdown happening like eventually he's gonna catch him Mm -hmm. But Strickland said before this fight, he's like, I've fought in kickboxers before. And somebody wrote something interesting. They were like, they thought Strickland was going to start wrestling when it hit yellow. So he's like, I'll have time where I won't get knocked out. And once I get hit a couple times and I go, oh, shit, this guy's good. I'll go for the wrestling. Oh, no. But this guy's so good that it didn't go to yellow. It just went to red. And he just got knocked the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, Perez like a surgeon. He waits for the right time and then just fucking unleashes the knockout shot. He doesn't like try to accumulate the blows on you. Like 
He's waiting for that knockout shot and just waiting for the right time to place it. The thing that I liked most about his punches, so he hits this incredible left hook mm-hmm. and it just drops Strickland. But then Strickland on instinct just gets up. And while he's getting up, Pereira hits him with a straight right. And then Strickland is falling down from that straight right. And then he cocks back and hits him again with another straight right. Mm-hmm. So he hit him twice while he was falling. And it felt like a video game where it's like, Dude, how good is his quickness and his speed and his accuracy for like those two follow-up punches? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought those were like so impressive. Like nobody was talking about them, but it was like, holy. It is a super fast track, though. It's this is a whole weird fight. Sean Strickland was ranked number four. Alex Pereira wasn't even ranked. He had only what one UFC fight before this. He's six and one right now, and now they're talking about title shot versus Izzy. I think it's two. Very weird. Not how many fights? But I won't lie. I do want to see them fight each other. Yeah. Who else is there for Izzy to fight? Exactly. You need new blood in there, but it's just weird to be unranked, one win, title. But this is always what you talk about, Arturo. You kind of hate the rankings. You feel like the rankings are bullshit anyway. I do. Right. Yeah, I do. Although I do think that Sean Strickland should probably be close to four. I do think that it's weird. It's unranked win title shot. That okay, should no. just so, that should just tell you alone that, oh, you know, some of those guys in that ranking. Yeah, they shouldn't be there. So Pereira's MA record is six and one. He yes. lost his first fight mm-hmm. to a rear naked choke. Mm-hmm. But then he won with KO on punches, TKO on punches, KO on punches. And then he's had three fights in the UFC. Oh, okay. He fought, that's he fought that's a guy, his third? Andre, yeah, Andreas Michelades, okay. UFC 268, TKO, flying knee. Then he beat Bruno Silva by unanimous decision. Oh, wow. This guy's on a fast track. So that's three and, fights in short time. And then Sean Strickland. Yeah. So November wow. 6, 2021, March 12, 2022. So just six months. And then three months. Into yeah. Strickland. Yeah. I mean, look, Alex Pereira is the last person to beat Israel Adesanya in kickboxing. He beat him twice, I believe. Mm-hmm. Knocked he's him out. Year, he's 34 years old. So he's right. Not a so young like, guy. he needs to get in there. Yeah. And Izzy welcomes it. There's also not much for Izzy left in that division. So this fight makes so much sense. And it's a great story. Like, if Alex beats Izzy, dude, Alex is like, it's just crazy story. Mm-hmm. crazy rise to fame that like oh maybe it maybe it brings more notoriety to kickboxing i think it already does for if sure the best kickboxers in the world are basically going to the top of mma um, maybe they are the best you know like is this a great base now you know like it's an interesting thing to look at now if izzy beats alex we have to consider izzy like what a great redemption story for izzy and also like right is he ever gonna lose <laughs> i don't know if it's the ever gonna lose but i think it is a great redemption story and it also does show even if you are just doing kickboxing in mma the threat of the other things will still impact how everything plays out also izzy was reprimanding a lot of journalists where he's like have you guys even seen those fights and in the second fight izzy had a knockdown on Pereira Mm -hmm. and was winning the first two rounds and then Pereira knocked him out cold in the third round and he goes but i gave you a 10 count to get back up in MMA, that doesn't exist. So if I hurt you, I can finish you right. better than in glory. And so, yeah, like the rule set comes into play. Oh, but yeah. Th- and I do think Izzy's grappling is way better than Paez. Imagine you wrestle fucks him. That would be Oh, funny. dude, you're not going to see that. But that would be crazy. And just for people to know, Pereira was the 2019 light heavyweight champion at glory, 2021 light heavyweight champion. But he was also their middleweight champ, too. So he was a two-division champ in glory. And I heard another story where somebody was like, oh, Alex Pereira, he's just a boxer that does kickboxing. Oh, wow. And, and then that person that he fought for like a championship, he had kick KO'd him. Mm. So like maybe he, he seems like a quiet dude where he's not talking a lot, but he speaks loud with his action. All right, I'm a boxer that just kickboxes. Let me head kick you now, you yeah. know, to prove I you mean, wrong. Yeah, I definitely don't think that about him. Yeah, but a huge wealth of combat experience, even though he is only six and one. Like, he could very well be 23-1, and one, like Izzy. Yeah, his kickboxing record is 40-7, and 33-7. and seven. So he's had right. 40 kickboxing fights. Right, so Izzy still has the better kickboxing. Fights. Like, I think Izzy's, what, 75-5 and five or something? It's something mm-hmm. crazy. Izzy's mm-hmm. kickboxing record is sick, too, though. Better than Paez. Mm-hmm. It's just that Alex has his name. 
see. Izzy's kickboxing record is 75 and 5. You're right. There you go. Yeah, dude. Insane. And two of those losses are fucking Pereira. So. Yep. Wild. I'll make fights. Yep. Izzy and I, has dude, had. There's no way those two fight, and it's not exciting either. Mm-hmm. Izzy has had 24 mixed martial arts fights, 23 wins, one loss. Yep. And I respect Izzy because the UFC was trying to promote this as like, oh, Izzy's undefeated at middleweight. And like, they're trying to bring up the undefeated thing. And Izzy's like, so what if I lost the Jan? Like, I don't care. I have one loss in my record. He's like, this isn't boxing. Like, whatever. People lose something. Yeah. Don't, don't diminish my loss. And then you have people like O'Malley that are like, oh, I didn't really lose to Cheeto, you know? And he calls himself <laughs> undefeated. So I was like, yeah. I, I respect that humility from Adesanya and gives respect to Jan. Yep. So, so yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. All right, speaking of respect, does Volkanovski get all the respect now? Yeah, for some reason, why is it that Volkanovski doesn't excite people that much? Because he's not that exciting. I know. Why isn't he that exciting, though? Like, I don't get it. Like, he's what? Because he doesn't finish people. Name a fighter, he's finished. Let me look it up. Is that the reason, though, that he is not? I mean, that's a big deal. No. People's favorite fighters are usually finishers. Yeah, that's true, actually. He beat Korean Zombie with a finish. Before that. He's 26 and one he's 25 and one oh yeah incredible record his resume is great he's beaten a lot of top guys as pretty much as good as it gets but his only finishes one was in 2018 chad mendez awesome he beat jeremy kennedy in 2018 and then all his other finishes are by game are by athletes without profiles basically yeah so you know like on his come-ups but i mean since he's been in the ufc He's had one, two, three. He's had four finishes of his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. One out of three fights with a finish. And most of his finishes were early on, too. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not, not terrible. Exciting. It's just, yeah. Now, here's also a guy who's fought one, two, three, four, his five last fights. We're five rounds. Yeah. So you're saying he should have got a finish if you're fighting five round fights. Yeah, you think. Yeah. It's just he's also 12 and 0, which is great. Yeah. Incredible. And it's and he's like short. He's like five six, you know, like he's yep. but he used to be 220 pound rugby player. So he's like an interesting story. And he just seems like a guy you'd have a drink with at the bar. So Dude. he seems like relatable and a good guy. He and he's no, skill wise incredible. But nobody cares that much. I don't know why. I care. I mean, they're I, starting I to care more. I think his skill wise, I've said it before. Like, my dream fight was Cejudo versus Volk. And it's for this reason. I think Cejudo is the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. And I think his wrestling is the best in the world in MMA. And I think, you know, he beat Mighty Mouse and stuff. Like, Cejudo is way better than people think. And I'm like, and Volk is way better than people think. And no one's clamoring to see them both fight. But I'm like, these are two of your most skilled guys, maybe ever. And now we're only thinking about like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe that fight should happen. I've been thinking that. I think people want that fight to happen, but I think people don't want Cejudo to jump the line at 145. But now that everybody's lost at 145, yes, give him Cejudo. But Dude, it seems Cejudo though- even said, if you t- Cejudo just recently said, if you told me that I have to go back and win my 135-pound belt, in order to fight Volk, I'll do it. Okay. So Cejudo's willing to do whatever. He's like, if you told me that I can verse Volk after I get my 135-pound belt, and so I don't know, but the next day there was a promo against Aljamain, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is what's going to happen. We're going to get Aljo first and then Volk next. I'd like to see Cejudo back. And Cejudo Volk, Cejudo Aldo is a great, Aljo is a great fight, and Cejudo Volk is a great fight. I just feel like Volk would be too big for Cejudo. But no, I, I think, think Volk that... is the only one that Suhudo is not too big for. Like, I think that's the only reason why you're not seeing Volk finish everybody because he's so much smaller than all the rest of these guys. But he also comes from a 220-pound rugby Correct. background. So Weight-wise, like... yes. But length-wise, he just doesn't have the reach. I mean, he, actually I, has a just... lo- he had a longer reach than Holloway. No, did he? Yeah, he has okay, a 71-inch reach, and uh, Holloway is a 68 He's punching up, reach. though, so that reach is very mitigated to me. 
I know, but he's moving fast. It's just crazy. I would love to see Volk and Cejudo, but I think Volk wants to move up to 155. I think that's going to happen too. Yeah. I don't think he's going to have, I mean, he's a strong motherfucker, but it just And he like says too, like the guys I killers. train with are all heavier than me. So he's like, I'm fine at 155. And I'm like, that might be true, but that's guys you train with. That's not the 155 division, you know? I mean, Gagey and Islam Makachev and yeah, Charles I, Oliveira, like that's hard. Even skill Poirier, set is huge, like, but I don't think it takes into account the strength and athleticism of those guys either. Do you think it, there's a certain advantage to being like that short where you're a little underestimated and you could like kind of sneak in? Probably, yeah, against certain people. But let's go back to Cejudo for a second. Let's say Cejudo does versus Aljo. If Cejudo beats Aljo to reclaim the 135, that already might make him the GOAT. Now, Cejudo beats Aljo and then goes against Volk and beats him is unquestionable, undisputed. GOAT because you're including his wrestling gold medal, not mixed martial arts GOAT. I would say mixed martial arts, nah, three-division champion, yet. a repeat champion in division, which has oh, almost never he, happened either. If he won the 145, then yeah. Not Correct. if he beats that's, Aljo. That's what I said. I, think, oh, I thought you said if he just beats Aljo. I, I think if he beats Aljo, it. yes, combat GOAT for sure. If he beats Aljo and Volk, then this is the greatest MMA ever. If he beats Aljo and Volk, then I think I could agree with that a little bit more, but I need to see more consistency. Oh, my gosh. It's just, I think it's un- unquestioned. Nah, it's just three wins. Like if, if somebody like GSP has way more, Anderson Silva has way more, like everybody had way more, Aldo had way more, and Cejudo took a break. I mean, he deserves a recognition. It would be arguable, but I wouldn't say for sure like he's... Dang, really? I'm surprised. Yeah, no. I think you need to have some consistency. I think he's picking and choosing good fights, and I think he's, like, smart. And like you said, Volk is his best fight at 145. He also beat an EPO Dillashaw. Like, this guy's knocked him out. Yeah, he beat Dillashaw, but Dillashaw's also not... It's not aging great. I mean, he beat Mighty team. Mouse when people thought Mighty Mouse was the best of all of time. Of course, that was amazing. Yeah, he beat yeah. Flyweight, though. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm saying, like, he beat, he beat How about Sergio Pettis? He beat Sergio Pettis, and Sergio Pettis is going through a storm right now in Bellator. Yeah, Bellator. I just... Yeah. It's interesting to see. I'm, di- I'm not trying to diminish Suda. Obviously, he's, like, one of the greatest ever. And I finishes. Did, I just wouldn't put... I, I wanted to see more consistency. He left. If he was doing everything that you're saying and he beat Aljo like a year ago and Jan and like he went through these people, then I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck. And wants to go to 145, but right now, I don't know. But if he did beat Volk, then it's kind of like he gets all of Volk's victories too a little bit and he beat Aljo. Right. So it's kind of like then he gets all his victories a little bit. Then it's like, all right. I do crazy. think Cejudo has the skills to beat Aljo and beat Volk. Maybe that's why I'm excited to see it. I would... Pay to watch them. Yeah, I'd be excited for sure. to see it too. For sure. All right. So yeah, Volk winning a landslide is so nuts. But sad for Max. I don't know where Max goes from here now either. I feel like there's nowhere for Max to go because even if Max wanted to go to 155, that's where Volk wants to go. I also think Max hasn't fared well at 155. So I think he's too skinny. I think so too. He doesn't have the power. When he fought Poirier. Like he gave it a good fight, but you could clearly see like there was a strength differential and size differential between Poirier yes. and Max. And it's not like Poirier is like the hugest. He is so, a like, big lightweight, but yes. He, he's big, but he's not like so if he had to go up against the Gages, the Poirier's again, like the Oliveras, like I just think Max is like outgunned, like he's just outsized by those people. Yeah. He's gonna have to be a gatekeeper one forty five. I would like to see him fight at 155 against maybe somebody like McGregor, just to give him a McGregor fight. That'd be awesome. I would love that. Tony Ferguson. Like, I could see somebody like that. Yeah. McGregor won't be afraid of Does that mean Max is on the outs? Yeah, a little bit. But not in a bad way. Max fought when he was 20 years old. So he's been in the UFC since for 10 years. Agreed. If Max retired right then and there, I'd be like, amazing legend. Yeah. Yeah. He's not old, but he has a lot of miles. Yes, his body's does. been through, and he has the record of most strikes absorbed. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, what's going on in his head? Like, and Max is iron Max chin, never been knocked down. Yeah, which is cool to kind of retire on. And I could see that being a good storyline between like McGregor and Max. 
like, okay, Max is moving up to 155. Like, mm-hmm. Max has never been knocked down. He fought McGregor when he was younger. McGregor is now coming back from his leg injury. Like, yep. and McGregor won't be scared of being knocked out, which I think is because Max just overwhelms you with yeah. volume. Yep. I think that would be like a good fight. I would love that fight. I want Ferguson McGregor or Max and McGregor. I want one of these guys That'd be great that I know could beat McGregor that McGregor will underestimate that will get like a sick payday. Mm-hmm. Speaking um, of which, I forgot to mention that Alex Bahia, both Hamza was like, I want to fight that guy. And, huh. Nate, and Nate Diaz was like, I want to fight that guy too. Nate Diaz wants to fight Alex. Yeah, I love Nate Diaz. He wants to fight everybody. Yeah. Nate is so crazy. But he also responded to Hamzat's like, like message. He's like, oh, I want to fight Alex Pahea. And then Nate Diaz is like, yeah, I want to fight him too. Like, I just find that funny. He's like, <laughs> oh, I would feel, I would like to see Max and Nate. That would be a fun boxing match. Like, just... dude, Hamzat versus Pahea would be sick too. Yeah, Hamza versus Pereira. Hamza's taking him down. Hamza just has to fight smarter. He can't mm-hmm. fight as stupid as he did last time. If yeah. you follow this Strickland mentality of like arrogance, yep. I felt like DC the whole time yesterday was like, why aren't I seeing level changes? Like every fight, he's like, fucking level change, you know? Like go for level change and come up, up back up top. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I don't I don't know why any no one was doing that. Make him think a little bit. Yeah. Uh, especially in the case for Jared Cannonier versus Izzy. You want to get into that one? Yeah, exactly. So Cannonier fought like a lot of people fight when they fight Izzy, like a little scared. Yeah. And, you know, I don't blame him. He's He gets pieced up by Izzy every now and again. But your only chance at winning, yeah, it's just a matter of like, how bad do you want to win? Like, uh, yeah, I, get I get it. I get it. If you're like, no, I, it's not worth trying to win if I'm going to get pieced up. I understand that. I do. But then you're not a champion. Exactly. Like, and it's not a mean thing to say because you're clearly one of the greatest fighters in the world. Yeah. And I don't even know trying to be a champion. I understand. Yeah. Once you're trying to be a champion, there's levels to it and you must be able to risk it all. And you're going against the best. So you can't give half of yourself. Yeah. Israel Adesanya is interesting because you're either going to have an awesome thriller or a boring fight. But he's going to win both ways. Like I think, DC said it, I think DC said it best. He's like, we've seen every possible way to win for Israel Adesanya, basically. He's like, we've seen him versus power. We've seen him versus defense. We've seen him versus strikers. We've seen him versus grapplers. We've seen decisions. We've seen knockouts. We've seen slow. We've seen boring. We've seen exciting. We've seen so much from Izzy. He's seen it all. But who's the grappler that's gone against Izzy? I don't feel like he's been tested by like a legit wrestler grappler no but you can say that the grappling of you know Jan. well yeah that's the one he lost correct but i'm just saying you've seen a lot I, somebody made the comparison that izzy is mayweather and i agree with it izzy yeah well ta- i mean you've he, seen yol romero versus him he's got a huge wrestling pedigree but he didn't go but yol doesn't wrestle we know this agreed but i'm just saying like he has at least seen it all yeah izzy is mayweather he points you he's not gonna knock you out he does he knock people been, out though yeah but not often he's not anderson silva he's closer to mayweather than he is anderson silva Ooh, okay i agree with you there he's in the realm fighter. of both excitement but also i might also agree in the realm of greatness too yeah in greatness and not that exciting and whenever the fights are over people are like oh they're like, whatever. Like, nobody's, like, leaving the Mayweather fight. Like, what? Like, they're like, all right, we, he did what I expected. Fuck. You know, it's an event. And I think it was the same thing with Adesanya, but it wasn't. Anderson Silva would leave you in awe with what he did. Okay, so Izzy, 15, you want a little bit more. 15 of Izzy's 23 wins is by knockout. All right, but what about his, like, last eight? What are they at? His last four were decision. All right. I mean, one of those four was a loss, though, but. Yeah, but then before that, he'd be punches, decision, punches, decision, decision, knees and punches, decision, TKO, KO, TKO. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's a mixed match. And like lately, it's just been... It's, he's talking about like how the championship doesn't matter to him, but it must if you're point fighting. If you're not trying to end him, you know? He's got eight wins for the title. It's a lot. 
no look izzy's amazing i'm being like yeah. overly critical but and if you want like even in the ufc one two three four f- five performance of the nights look he he's great i just yeah. don't consider him to be anderson silva level which is how many people are anderson silva correct level. the greatest yeah but i think izzy's like talking to himself like as that that's where he wants oh to i think up. he will be there I think he'll get there over time, but like, yeah, in the Mayweather way. Exactly. Yeah. Did you know Israel's full name is like, it's Israel Mobolaji Odenayo Oluwafemi <laughs> Temateo Owalabi Adesanya. A lot of cultures, those names are like their grandparents' names, you know, yeah. it goes. Or, or in this case, every person in their family's name. It's insane. Yeah, exactly. Dang, that's wild. Anyway. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a boring fight. Cannonier did best in the fifth round when he yes. like pushed the pace. And it's like, why didn't you fucking do that in the second round? Like, yeah. Well, I think he had no other choice at that point. Like maybe he was going to find something else somewhere along the way. But, but maybe that's I don't want to gloss fight. over this. Israel Adesanya had an awesome entrance. No? Yes. The entrance I thought was hilarious. I was loved it. He came out to the Undertaker's theme with an urn that said Jared on it. And looked down and walked and there was smoke and it was purple smoke too. It was such a great Undertaker entrance. Craig, the pro wrestling fan, was like, but he's not even wearing a trench coat. (laughs) And I laughed so much. I'm like, oh, Craig, come on, dude. I'm like, did you want him to lay down in the cage and when they announce his name, just sit up like the Undertaker does? That would have been sick, too. That would have been sick, right? That would have been sick. But this is like a little bit of what pits, pisses me off. Like you put that effort in to mm-hmm. be like hilarious and cool and funny. And you know, you could have fucked him up more. Like put it out there a little bit, or at least don't say you don't care about the championship. Cause the way you yeah. fought shows you clearly do care about it. Yeah. I, w- I would agree with you there. Of losing a little bit. Sure. You know, like you're not swinging, you got to swing. Like you gotta- but yes, but I, I understand that though, because it's like, you also don't want to get knocked out. You also don't want to get hit. And it's okay to be honest with yourself. You're like, yes, I don't want to get hit. I want to win without trying to get hit. That's fine. Yeah. There's some people that like, you know, oh, I'll win at all costs. I don't care if I die. You're like, okay, that's different. Should we expect every fighter to be like that? I don't. No, but I expect Jared to force it on Izzy. And he didn't. Okay. So you he lost some respect have. for him. He had too much respect. You're... A fucking guru. No, I'm saying your respect for Cannoneer went down. No, I mean, I don't want to say that. I still respect him. Oh, okay. It's like, it's, I'm just talking more strategy coach. If I was like his friend, like, look, I don't know everything about fighting, but it's like, Jared, you are a monster. Yeah. I'd rather you, and if I was his coach, I'd be like, I'd rather you get knocked out in the third round than walk your way into the fifth round and feel as though that's a victory. Mm, I just don't believe in that type of mentality. Got it. You're fucking, you have an opportunity to be a legend or you have an opportunity to be really good. And regardless of what happens in the fight, you'll always be really good because you fought for the fucking title. Yeah. But you have a chance at being a legend. Yeah. Give it your all. That's a great way to put it. Right? Like what? There's nothing to lose at that point. You're supposed to lose to Izzy. Mm-hmm. And you're a monster. It's not like me fucking 160 pound dude trying to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course I'm going to get murdered by Izzy. But you also train your whole life. You have a fucking world famous coach. You know, like you have, you're part of the biggest organization in the world. You're the second ranked guy. Like yeah. 38, you've seen everything. Pretty like, durable Izzy. guy though. I do I do think he took some big shots from Izzy. He did. He And again, I think he had a couple of big shots himself on Izzy. Where I'm like, yeah, the times where he didn't, but he was like relentless in the pursuit and just kept throwing, he would find one that hits. Mm-hmm. But and if he then did he kept doing that, we might've seen a chance. Yeah. And then he clinched mm-hmm. and gave it up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man, like you should have made it dirty. You can't point fight with Izzy. who's the greatest point fighter. Yeah. And level you changing. Get- like DC said, I exactly. mean, I, I don't like DC and Rogan's commentating for their bias. 
But I do think DC is right. There should have been more level changing. Do you think it's like a pride thing where they don't want to like look bad? Like, oh, I'm wrestling, so I'm avoiding the fight. But it's like MMA. Like, why are they? Well, I, I think it's a little bit. I do think there is a subconscious thing in people's mind that one, wrestling is the most tiring. So if I can avoid that, I can have more stamina for the fight. And that is true. And I think that is in people's head a little bit when they're versing someone that also has wrestling like kind of close to their level. So they both almost just have like almost like an unwritten rule where like, oh, we're just going to spar now mm -hmm. as opposed to like fight, like MMA fight. And they both just kind of mutually accept this striking every now and then tying up. There's no real intention of putting the effort into a takedown for the risk of losing energy, burning out. They both believe they can win on the feet. So I think you're seeing less wrestling or even attempts at wrestling. But the threat of wrestling should still be there, right? Like, I don't have good judo at all, but I fake judo throws all the time to set up my other takedowns, to set mm -hmm. up my other things. They don't have to know I have bad judo. They just have to buy it. Yeah, let them think. Let them just mm -hmm. think about it. Like, they just have to buy the bait. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather lose than eke out. You know what I mean? Like, my moral yeah. victory would be that I gave it my all. Yeah. Uh, that I survived. So what's next for Izzy? Do you think this is Alex Pajera and like, no question? Yeah, and I think Izzy is looking for like somebody that's actually an interesting storyline. Like I think there's like a, yeah. a lot of semi-boring people at middleweight. And Dude, middleweight, we've been blessed at middleweight because we had a legacy of Anderson Silva. Now we're getting a legacy of Adesanya. Like middleweight is such a lucky division to be watching. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But let's say Izzy beats Alex. Then what? then maybe he goes uh, I mean look this, this people are like oh Usman should jump up but Usman's like oh I'd actually he's like I think I would take some light heavyweight fights like he I loves Izzy that. I respect that so much I do that I do, I do respect that too but I'm like yeah dang he loves Izzy like they're boys and they're like yeah yeah we don't need to fight each other he squared off backstage with them. yeah and he looked much smaller than Jan but I mean dude he didn't look I, that much smaller than Jan I think Usman's getting a little ahead of himself. I do not think he can beat, I don't know, any of the top 10 lightweight heavyweights. I'm not sure. I, I, I think he could, but I just say that as a small guy that wants to root. Top five? Like, yeah, maybe he could. Top five? I don't know, man. I don't know. On any given night, you never know. I was watching yeah. a video with Gilbert Burns versus Luke Rockhold. It was just a practice match, so it wasn't like mm -hmm. legit, legit. But like the way he's like picking him up and throwing him, like Gilbert looked look good against yeah, the practice is also different too. But I also think like Usman's knees, like, okay, yes, Usman's wrestling would give Yuri trouble. Sure. But how are his knees doing? Like, I feel like Usman yeah. is actually, he's a time bomb. Usman could beat Jack Hermanson. Yeah. He what's what's Hermanson rank? Seven? Yeah. He could. Oh, oh wow. actually, no, wait, I'm guess. looking at middleweights. Those, those don't oh, count. Yeah. Yeah, even if you think you could beat Yuri, which I'm not sure about at all, Yuri's huge. But let's say you're like, all right, Usman's wrestling. I'm like, I don't know how much his wrestling is going to be there with his knees. I feel like Usman's got two years, and at a champ, two years is three fights, maybe. Magomed Ankalaev, I think he would smash. I don't, I don't think he beats Ankalaev. Yeah, I don't think he beats Rakic. Maybe. Rock is so big, though. Exactly, dude. I'm like, these guys are monsters. You're like, oh, Reyes. Usman's a big welterweight. Sure. But you know, these light heavyweights are fucking huge. Yeah, Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes held his own against fucking John Jones. I mean, he's lost his last two by TKO to Blakovic and Giri, but those guys... Yeah, he's are... also only losing the people like 6'4". Yeah, that are champions. Right. It's just, John that's Jones, what I'm John saying. Blakovich I'm like, I just... Giri, they were all champions. The only way Usman's beating this guys is by like just wrestling them for a decision. Anthony Smith, maybe. Yeah. I just have a hard time buying it. That's all. Anthony I think is good. I think Ali's pumping his head, thinking he could beat Canelo, thinking you could be like, dude, let's calm down a little bit. Let's just beat your division. You are great, Usman. You have one of the best skill sets in MMA. It'd be history. The way you link up chaining your wrestling to your striking is I think second to none. But let's not get ahead of ourselves and go up to weight classes. I would love to see Jan versus... Oh, gosh. I don't. I don't want to see Jan. it. I, I think it, it would just be cool. It'd be like the old BJ Penn days. Like, fuck it, I'll go up. Okay, 
Yeah. I, I, I just would respect I would just respect Usman so much for attempting that. Like right. man, I feel like. looking back at this card, I don't think it was a bad card. I just think the matches we expected a lot from, we didn't get it. But I think the smashes that we didn't expect, like Lawler Barbarena, Apeha, Strickland, those were two sick ass fights and make me think now I'm like, oh, this card was pretty good. If O'Malley and Munez didn't end like that, it'd be a great card. Yes, it's what I said in the beginning. It was just our expectations were high because they're so good on paper. But it wasn't like a back. It was just like the expectations that mm-hmm. ruined it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But overall, great card and a lot of good victories and a lot of good storylines from it. Yeah, yeah. I had a fun time being around it. Wish I could have stayed for the fights there, but yeah. yeah. All right, man. I think that's good for tonight. You got anything yep. else you want to end with? No, let's just keep training. All right, right on, guys. Thanks for always listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting. Hey guys, this is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at renta.com, R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of good service or space. So you could rent a Arturo to teach you Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or you could rent uh, my friend Andy to uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent uh, the Philosophy of Fighting podcast to uh, promote a commercial on our podcast or some gear, right? Like our friend Michael Shear did, if you want some Wu-Tang apparel. So uh, check out Renta. It would mean a lot to me. Cheers.